Welcome to the Reclaiming You podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. On this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences of healing childhood trauma and the work that I do with my clients as a somatic trauma coach. We're also talking all about sex, love, relationships, career, and money as it pertains to healing and growth. The views on this podcast are my own, and keep in mind, I'm a cis white woman, so I have my own experiences of privilege. I may not always be able to relate to your journey, but I try my best to understand. If I do any harm, please reach out. I'm always willing to repair it. This podcast is mainly for women and AFAB people, but it's honestly for anybody on a journey of healing and growth. So enjoy. All right, welcome back to Reclaiming Me. On this episode, I kind of want to talk a little bit about something that has come up for me again, because fun fact, stuff that we're healing on always rears its head at some point. And it's also something that I know a lot of us struggle with, especially for those of us that, you know, we grew up with parents where even if they did show love to us, there was a lack of approval. There was always this pressure to be better um, there was always this a little bit of sense of being not good enough. And then if you grew up with a parents like mine or a mom like mine, um, you really just were never good enough. Right. Uh, and you were made to know that quite often. So I want to talk about this whole concept of approval, what I am dealing with currently with it. And it's also something that a lot of my clients are dealing with. So hopefully this gives you some insight on how how to deal with this a little bit better. Um, just a note, if you want to work on any of this more, make sure you are signed up for my mailing list. You can find the link for that in the show notes. I also have an entirely self-guided healing program in there. So, you know, check the things out. Anyway, let's dive into this. Approval. Okay, so we have different core wounds that show up a lot in in various areas of our lives. Um, If you've ever looked into trauma more, you can also look up what is called maladaptive schemas. Things like a fear of abandonment, a fear of rejection, those are very common core wounds. They show up for a lot of us. And again, for those of us that have grown up with less than ideal um, parents slash caregivers, less than ideal support, those tend to be big ones. There's there's like 18 of them. But th- this need for approval plays into that. The, the fear of rejection, the p- fear of abandonment. So I'm just going to dive into a little bit of what me and my own therapist are dealing with right now, because if your coach slash therapist doesn't have their own, you should run, right? We all have our own issues. And it doesn't mean that we're incapable of holding you where you're at. Most of us, we just, you know, we know how to set ourselves up to work with people that aren't quite where we're at in our journey so that we can actually give them the tools, the resources, the answers to what we're doing. Because again, we're all doing it. And again, we have that support because 
we need it to make sure that we are good for our people, right? That that our mental health is in check. It's the same thing as an athlete, right? You are performing. You have to have somebody to help you keep your body in alignment. So anyway, so I've had this issue for a really long time within my business. And it's not even just something that's within my coaching business. It's actually happened with all my business. But because I was in such a big trauma response, I couldn't really recognize where this was coming from. Like I knew that this was a thing, but I didn't know why it was a thing or why it was coming there. And because I closed my previous business a couple years ago and had like a whole year to just mentally recover from that in case you're wondering, yeah, it took about a year for me to mentally recover from that because there was so much trauma associated with that business and even in the process of ending it. Like the last year of it was rough. It was rough as shit. The last few years were rough as shit, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so I had to, I had to take that step back to really understand like, okay, what do I feel now, right? Now that I've had some time and space, what do I feel now? And start looking at like, what are the issues coming up? So they don't re- fucking repeat them in this business, even though I had been doing coaching for quite a while, because there was this overlap, I could see that certain behaviors and patterns were bleeding in. And I didn't want that. And there were some things that like, I definitely wasn't doing. And I really wanted to make sure I didn't fucking repeat those things. Because, you know, we don't want to <laughs> repeat harmful patterns, especially when we're aware of them. That's a normal thing. But there's this particular issue that was coming up. Because of CPTSD, because of trauma, um, it's really easy for me to get very rigid in the way things need to be and how they need to happen and when they need to happen. And this is a really common symptom. It's also a common symptom for people that are neurodivergent. Um, a lot, like there's a lot of new research and this is something friends of mine and I have wondered for a while, friends that are also diagnosed with CPTSD is there is an adaptive quality of neurodivergence to PTSD and CPTSD because it messes with your brain chemistry. It messes with the way that you think and use executive functioning. So our ability to to rationalize and reason sometimes in in more like I, I don't want to say calm but like more regulated ways can be very challenging and again there gets this rigidity in thought because it's based on a trauma response so here's what here's here's my struggle here's my thing that that has been a work in progress for some time and we finally just had this really big big breakthrough on it um in in a session where I was like crying grieving and and like having the holy shit moment right so there's a couple behaviors that I have always noticed regardless of what business I've run one, when it comes to making content, especially for social media, um, not not necessarily my podcast, actually my podcast never, but making content for social media, going into this cycle of feeling like it needs to be done a very specific way because that's what I've been told and then getting very frustrated if it doesn't work, 
the way that I hoped it to, right? It doesn't get the attention that it does. Which, let's be honest, social media is designed to fuck with our brains on this. This is the one thing I don't like about social media. Can it be an absolutely wonderful connective tool? Yes. There's so much shit that I have learned about history, social justice, politics, the world from being on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, um, you probably don't get this. But if you are, like, you know what I'm talking about. There is so much information. And because I create content on there, I've had so many people reach out either in comments or DMs and be like, holy shit, what you just explained blew my fucking mind. So it's great for that. But at the same time, one of the 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 nastier sides of it is this whole need to get likes, to get engagement, right? To get comments, because that builds a sense of validation and worth. And it's definitely something that is played in with me, but it, it's more of, you know, is is my business getting noticed? Is what what I'm doing getting noticed? Which I am my business, so of course it plays in there. But there's that. And then there was this weird thing I was doing where every morning I would wake up and if I wouldn't see some type of program sign up coming through in an email, I would get really deflated and disappointed. And I'm not saying this like I'm entitled to it. That's not where this was coming from. What it was meaning to me is, again, I wasn't being approved of, right? The, the, the content, if it wasn't getting the reach that I hoped it would, because I was doing exactly what I was told I should be doing by other coaches and business professionals, marketing professionals, right? If I wasn't doing things in the way that they told me to do it, then it would nothing would work. So I would do what they were doing, even if it didn't feel good to me, even if it didn't feel aligned with me. And then if it didn't work out, again, it it hit it was a hit to the ego. And same thing with the um, you know checking of the email in the morning. Same thing when I I would launch a certain program, and if there wasn't immediate an immediate sign up or immediate signups for it, again it became this this thing within me where I would get really disappointed, my anxiety would start picking up really hard. And it was hard to bring it back down throughout the day. And then I would go into this whole like, you know, problematic thinking of like, see what you're doing, it's not working, there's something wrong, you're you're failing at everything. And it, it was very personal. This is, again, something that those of us with childhood trauma or, again, when when we've grown up in situations where we could never quite get the approval, which I would I would argue that even on what some people may consider a lighter end, and I'm saying that as relative because everybody's experiences are different and just because mine may be more extreme than yours and yours may be more extreme than mine doesn't mean it didn't have a hard impact, Right. It's all relative to our own experience. But that, that that is a trauma, right? That is a trauma when you feel like you never measure up. You are never good enough. You are never approved of. You are never validated. All of that is a trauma response. Or like it is a form of trauma. And then we respond in ways to either one, uphold that, 
because it's what we've adapted to. And even though it doesn't feel good, it does feel better than challenging it. Or we do things to protect ourselves from experiencing it again. This is where like I got heavy into parts work because I recognized like, okay, this is all coming from these like subconscious parts of me that are doing it. Like when I was first getting into IFS slash parts work, it, it was for my own personal work. And then I recognized how powerful it was for me. And I wanted to learn how to do it for other people. So I invested a lot of money to learn that. But we have these parts of us that either try to protect us from ever experiencing that same deep core pain as that first or worst time we felt like we didn't measure up. We felt like we weren't good enough. We weren't accepted. We weren't approved of. We weren't validated, right? There is a core memory And yes, there's probably multiple instances, but there's usually like one moment in particular and it doesn't have to be the first time. It's it's just whatever our brains latch onto as that was the worst experience and I don't ever want to experience that again. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to protect you from ever doing that again while at the same time causing it to keep happening because it's all I know. But I'm going to do it on what I consider a lesser level or a a less intense level than the bigger thing that I'm afraid of. So again, I knew this pattern was there. It was just more of like, why can't I break through this Um, with these particular things? Because I know that what I do is amazing. I, I, my clients tell me that all the time, um, you know, it's not uncommon for clients at the end of a session to just be like, I am so grateful that I have you. And I'm not get I'm not seeking that to get approval from them or anything. I mean, of course, like you want your clients to feel that because the alternative is I really regret playing you. I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. That's not what I want. I want people to feel like they're getting out of the work that we're doing together, what they intend. And it may not be they get these massive results right away, right? I don't know what's going to happen for you. I just want you to feel like the experience that we're creating together and the work that we're doing together is helping you, right? That If it is helping you, fabulous. Your life on the external may not look much different. But if it's helping you, if it's actually getting you into a healthier state of being and mind, fucking amazing, right? So I know my work is good. I know what I've put together is amazing, right? The programs that I create, everything is amazing. But this part of it has been a really challenging part for me to understand. And if you're listening to this and kind of thinking about like, okay, well, I don't own a business or I don't do this, so um, that doesn't really apply to me. I want to challenge you to look at like where, if, if, if at least the concept of seeking approval from these external sources comes up for you, where do you feel like you are doing things in a way that doesn't really feel good to you, right? In the coaching world, we call that like being out of alignment. But like what doesn't feel good to you? I want you to look at that and then I want you to ask yourself like 
what are those things? Why are you doing it? Like if and if you know it's it's straight up like, oh, I need approval, right? I'm trying to get approval. Whose approval are you trying to get? What what are you trying to get approval for and and from who, right? Look at that. Because it's going to start to tell be very telling of like what what are some hurts and wounds that are still there, still festering under the surface that probably need dealt with, right? Again, that's what I'm doing. That's what I do with my clients. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. So we're looking at this. And I'm like, okay. It all comes down to a need for approval. Well, is it the people that I'm creating content for, right? The, the people on the interwebs, the potential clients or, or the clients, right? Is it them? Uh, kind of, yeah. But that doesn't hit as hard. The approval is, and this is this was a really hard one to admit to myself. It's my family. It is my mom, on some level, in the background. Although, like, there's that voice that's like, "You're never gonna get her approval. Stop trying." Right and. Again, like, I don't want a relationship with my mom. It's not healthy for me to have a relationship with my mom. But it doesn't mean these things are not back there. Um, it's my dad. It's even my daughter. And it's, it's my entire family on my dad's side, too. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, there's some shit that... I, I haven't quite unpacked. Now, when it comes to my daughter... Is my daughter asking me to do any specific thing? No, my daughter is in college. And of course, like receiving financial help and receiving support is important to them and, and necessary, right? Um, but with that, there is all of those old wounds of trying to make sure that I wasn't my mom to them. That are associated with like, okay, so if, if the content gets, you know, a lot of engagement and a lot of views, that means there's the potential for people to hire me. If people are hiring me, then those emails come in and there's the approval for that. But what does that get on the other end of it? Well, that means that I'm doing even better financially. And that means I can offer my daughter financial support for college and take some stress off their plate. And then maybe it'll prove that I'm, I really am a better mom. Even though, you know, my mom, my daughter has told me multiple times, like my emotional support my being there for them is really important. And that's something my mom literally never did. Like, was she super financially supportive? No, we we went through big periods of insecurity and instability in housing and resources and everything. And then even when things got better, um, there wasn't a lot for me. My My mom didn't really do much for me. Like most of my clothing and stuff was purchased by my dad. There's only a few instances I can remember that my mom purchased things. Um, my mom didn't pay for like my dance lessons, music lessons, things like that. Like she just didn't do that stuff. Um, and I'm not saying she didn't do anything like there, you know, 
she did do stuff, but like, it wasn't like she was some radically great caretaker. Like when I went to college, um, I actually didn't find this out until years later from my dad that the reason my dad kept working at OSU, even though he wanted to quit because at that time he had his own business as well, he was working part time is to provide me with some um, tuition support because if you work at the, the university um, full-time, your children get a full ride. If you work part-time, they get half. So he stayed to at least give me half tuition um, because he was told by my mom and her family that they were saving up some big college fund. That was a lie. Or if it had been true, I never, I never saw it, basically, right? I never had this money. Um, and, you know, that's, that's still a privilege to even consider that to be a thing. And it was still a privilege for my dad to be there. But, like, my dad did a big sacrifice for himself to provide me some sort of help so that not everything was loans and and trying to scrimp by to to go to college, right? So it's not even as if my mom was. But in my head, and this is how trauma works, right? We take what is experienced and we create a certain belief based on that and then we create patterns on that. And they may not be exactly the same as what we experience. For me, Again, like my mom was never emotionally supportive and I'm not saying I'm fucking perfect. You know, me and my daughter still have arguments and there's still things that like they call me out on and be like, hey, that you can't do that with me. That hurts or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I can be uncomfortable about it and then go sit with it and, and be like, they're right. But there's this thing in the background of my head of like, okay, well, we, you know, when my daughter was little, like we had to have food stamps. Like when I first left their dad, when, um, I was growing up, you know, I didn't have a whole lot, but they also didn't have a whole lot either. Um, and you know, did I provide a safe home? Did I provide clothing and food and, and things like that. Yeah. Did did they get to do some a lot of extracurriculars? Yes. Was it to the level I wanted? No. And did I have the ability to create this massive college fund? No. Which, like, let's be real, a lot of families don't even have that ability because of our economy and the capitalistic way things have been run since Reagan was president. Um, I could go into a whole tirade about that. But... <laughs> Here's here's where we're at. So there's that need to be, receive approval from them because if I do better, that means I can provide more for them. And then somehow I have finally succeeded in being a good mom. And, and, and that's a real thing in my head. And it's not even imposed on by them. It is literally my own thing because of my trauma. So let's get to the other parts of the family, right? My dad, my entire dad's side of the family. Well, my dad, because of a lot of the struggles that I've been through, and and nothing has ever really been super easy for me. I'm not going to lie and say it has. There's been a lot of struggles, right? There's been a lot of times where things didn't work out very well, Um, where I have struggled financially quite a bit, where I've struggled emotionally, right? 
you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know, at one point, eight years ago, actually just past the anniversary of it, I was hospitalized for a suicide watch. And my dad has held a lot of self-blame for that. All of that. Like, if he had done better, would I be better? And one thing that we have never really discussed, because I don't really feel like it's a discussion I want to have or need to have with him, is, you know, the feeling of of that guilt, it, it kind of seeps into a little bit of shame of, like, he is disappointed in, in where I have struggled and failed. And yes, there's his own disappointment. And it's understandable as a, point, a parent. Like, I am a parent. I get it. You don't want your child to suffer. And there's some, like, if I would have done better, they wouldn't be struggling like this. But where I took that in because of the amount of of shame and and trauma that I experienced with my mom was... He's disappointed in me. And I, I don't have his approval yet. And until I do better, until I reach a certain level of success in life, he's, he's not going to, right? He's just going to keep carrying the disappointment, which the disappointment means a lack of approval for me, right? And again, this is all self-perceived. And then with my my entire family on that side, like I didn't grow up super, super close with my in my dad's entire family. And it was due to the custody arrangement that they had and where we lived. Right. They lived in another state. Um, and also a, a due to a lot of harm from my mom. My mom made up so many lies and told me so many fucked up things about my family that I created a wedge. I wouldn't let them in much. And even with my my grandmother, I absolutely loved my grandmother, but I didn't get to be around her or the rest of my family to the same level that my cousins did, right? So they were closer. And it hurt. And at the same time, you know, as I was struggling in life and I wasn't I've never had like a career that that is what I would consider like a straight laced typical career. All right. I don't have that. And I I actually I don't want that. Like me and my my therapist talked about that at one point. She was like, "Okay, so we know that you feel kind of like the black sheep, the outsider, the rebel within the family because you have this. She's like, so why did you choose that? Like, why did you choose to be an entrepreneur and do these different careers, right? Have a pole studio, have that. Cause she was like, cause even stripping, like she's like, and, and nude modeling, like that, that is an entrepreneurial career. She's like, whether you, you know, wanted to do it or not, it is. And I was like, I hate conformity. I question everything. And I see big corporate jobs and companies as just these soul-sucking things where you have to conform to fit in. I don't like it. I've never liked it. And that's one thing I can say from my dad I have gotten that I cherish is I was always taught to question everything, right? He he let me figure out what I believed, what what religion spoke to me. Like, I, I never was told I have to be this because this is who we are ethnically. This is who you know, how we were raised, like, 
I was never told any of that with him. And there was a sense of freedom with that. And it, it is it helped to prevent a lot of issues in my life, right? Because a lot of us, we get stuck into these belief systems and and thing and groups that we don't actually really support, but we fall into them because we want to belong, right? That's one area of this that I've never fallen into. And I'm not saying that to brag about it. I'm like, but it's a gratitude I have because I was taught that it was okay to question things while at the same time being told I was never allowed to question things on my mom's side. So there's a little conflict there, right? There are certain areas I wouldn't do it. And then there were certain areas I would. Um, so I never wanted the traditional career, but like all of my cousins, they have like corporate jobs, like one's a lawyer, one, you know, they, they work for these big companies or they have big companies or whatever and they live a very different life from me and I remember like where where a really big hurt happened and it was actually later in life that kind of solidified this feeling of I'm never going to be approved of which amplified the need to do what I do in my business business like these these specific patterns of behavior that I have stuck to right when my grandmother passed um about nine years ago there was a memorial service had um, my grandparents wanted to be cremated and my grandmother was cremated um so there wasn't like a big funeral but there was a memorial service and my uncle had put together this a video of like a basically a montage of our family and you know as the family as the video is going like it's showing some of the photos that were salvaged from when they were in Germany and then to coming here and building a life here and then you know when my dad uncle and aunt were little and then after they grew up and had children or whatever and as this video is going on, right, and there's all these people here that were like, you know, family friends. There were friends of my grandmother's that she used to paint with and everything um, because my grandmother was a painter, beautiful painter. Um, I remember sitting there and noticing one very distinct thing missing. It was me. I wasn't in any of the photos, anything and my daughter was only even in one thing, but my my uncle's adopted children were in there, his grandchildren from them, you know, my other, my aunt's daughters were in there, like everybody else was in there. And I wasn't. And my daughter was only in there once. But the fact that I was completely left out, it broke my heart. And it, it is actually caused a big rift like I again I wasn't ever super super close but it, it basically made me feel even less inclined to try to build that relationship up when I was going through my entire custody battle with my daughter my uncle had lent me two thousand dollars because I mean it was expensive like I it, it was an expensive five-year battle let's just put it that way very expensive and 
the way that my dad had presented that to me, it, there was a lot of like disappointment on my uncle's end for having to do that. And there was already that rift. So this moment basically in my mind solidified, I am the outsider. I don't have a traditional career, right? Like anytime my cousins or my aunt or whatever would bring up my career when I had my pole studio, um, they would call it my little acrobatic studio because heaven forbid we admit what it is, right? It was tiddling. And I know that's their own issue. But it, but it, all it did was like these little moments like that, those little jabs, um, they, they were really hard for me to hear. And even like, you know, they would always like think of me as being very shy, very reserved, very closed off, um, not fitting in because I don't drink because they all drink. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest, some of my cousins are what I would consider functional alcoholics because, I mean, most people would label them that. They probably wouldn't, but they would be because there's a lot of alcohol consumption. Um, it's just a thing they do. But I don't drink. And the reason I don't drink is, and, you know, if, if I have something, it's very infrequent it's because I grew up in a home with my mother and stepfather being extreme alcoholics, violent alcoholics. I grew up with, you know, physical assaults, abuse from that. I grew up seeing paddy wagons at my house or whatever. I actually feel terrified and I didn't even realize how, how much so until years later when I started going to therapy that like, if somebody comes up to me with the smell of alcohol on them and tries to physically touch me, I freak out internally. I go, I start to disassociate immediately because I am waiting for violence and they have never had that experience. There's a completely different life that they have had that I have had, even though we're in the same family because of my mom's family. So there's always been that need, but in the background, that moment solidified for me, I need to get on par with them, right? I need this hefty six-figure salary, having a really great house in a nice area and all that. And it's not that I don't want those things for myself too, but everything that I was doing was based on trying to get that approval. And so it created these patterns that, okay, well, how, how do I get that? Well, I have to earn more money so that I can, I can prove like, see, I'm, I'm worth it. Right. Cause I can have the same life that you can have then. So then you're, then you'll accept me, then you'll want me. And then my dad won't feel so, um, much guilt and, and disappointment. Right. Even though again, that's self-perceived, then my daughter will, will feel like I truly am a better mom and my my daughter will approve of me again, even though that is all self-perceived. All of that is in the background of my mind. So to get the more money, that means the way that I promote my business, it has to be so fucking phenomenal. I have to get the same amount of likes, the same amount of engagement, the same amount of followers as people that do the same type of work that I do. And if I don't get that, then 
I fail. Then, then I don't succeed. I don't get the approval. So there's the disappointment. And when I don't get those emails in the first thing in the morning, even though it's like, okay, well, people sign up for you at any given time. Like most of the things that I offer, there isn't a deadline for them, right? They can sign up at any time. But because of the way that my brain has taken everything, there's the immediate disappointment because it means I'm failing. It means I'm not being approved of. It means I'm not being accepted. And so just understanding exactly what I was trying to achieve out of this, I'm like, holy shit, I'm not even doing everything the way that I want to fucking do it because I'm trying to get something from other people so that they'll think I'm worth it. Like just if, if again, if any of this resonates with you, sit with that for just a moment. Where are you trying to be worth it? Where are you trying to make yourself worth it to other people, right? Where are you trying to prove that you're good enough? And notice what weird little ways come up to to try to push this narrative right to try to push you into okay I have to do things this way I have to do this in this way if it doesn't happen this way then I'm not going to get that then I'm going to be disapproved of just look at that for yourself and notice like okay Now, what do you need to do to forgive that part of you, to accept that part of you? Because that was the next part. Like, we realized in therapy, we're like, once we realized, like, where the heart of this was, we're like, okay, so this all makes perfect fucking sense. We can't go into this belief right away of, like, no, I get to approve of myself. I get to do things in the way that feels aligned and right to me to get approval because on the other side of this again remember I said there's also a protector part that tries to prevent the big thing from happening so what's the big thing from happening well the big thing is if I actually change patterns and if I you know design content for social media the way I want if I design programs the way that I want if I run my business the way that I actually want and, and like I know instinctively is good. Like I've consulted so many people in businesses. I know how to run a business. But again, this is where our own shit and wounds get in the way of careers, businesses, finances, relationships, sex lives, all of the things. We can give people the advice that we need to take ourselves, but we can't take it ourselves Because, again, our trauma is in the way from it. Isn't that amazing (laughs) and frustrating as shit? So understanding this, right? Because I've I've done a lot of human design work, too. And whether or not you know about human design or believe in it, like, there is, it is based on certain understandings of the human psyche. And there's a lot of it that, like, as I was learning about my particular design, 
everything was like, oh, that's why that feels bad. Oh, that's why I have the instinct to do that, right? I know exactly how to run my business. I know exactly how to do it. And there are little bits that I allow, but there's this protector part of me that's like, no, 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 no. If you do exactly what you want, what if they still don't approve? That's going to feel 10 times worse because then you're going to be like so fucking hurt. You're going to feel so fucking just crushed that you're going to die. And I don't mean like physical death, but like that's the perception of the subconscious mind, right? I'm going to die if I actually do what I really want and I don't get the approval that I want. Because this part of my brain doesn't even get the concept that like, you know what I could do? I could approve of myself and that's good enough. That's more than good enough. In fact, that's the thing. No, no, no. That part of my brain is like, are you crazy? We can't do that. We have to get approval from somebody else, right? Because that's what I've been taught. And, and through my mom, like, that's what I had to learn to seek out. And because that role was never fulfilled anymore, I, I wanted to seek it out from my other family because I, didn't, I don't have my mom's family and I don't want them, but I don't have them. So, you know, I'm just grasping for straws internally, right, and subconsciously to get something from somebody else to please, like, make me worth it, right? And it just, it blew my mind. I'm like, that's why I won't commit to certain th- actions. That's why I won't commit to certain changes within my business. Because if I do, <laughs> well, that means what happens if I, I don't, I still don't get the thing that I want from them. What happens then? How do I fucking exist and live if that is, that's what happens, Right. And that feels so detrimental to my nervous system that it's like, we're not doing that. So then the anxiety attacks happen every time, like, you know, try to try to jump into like little changes and little tweaks. Like I've been slowly and surely like been making little changes to how I do things, how I promote my business, how I handle these feelings. I've been and trying to titrate them to, you know, get comfortable in the discomfort of doing what I actually know I need to be doing and should be doing for myself and letting go of these beliefs. But it's really hard. And this is where a lot of us, like, we struggle because there's that pullback of like, no, 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 no. I know this sucks. And that's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't explain to you about healing. Is there is... Because, you know, we know, like, the brain, the subconscious mind seeks pleasure. Pleasure over pain, always. <laughs> and that's why we stay in certain patterns. Because even though it's uncomfortable on the surface, because we've adapted to the chaos, we've adapted to the disappointment, the failure, the, the, un- the lack of fulfillment, all of that, Our brains have been like, no, 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 that feels better. That feels safer. We have to stay there. But there gets to be the point where it really does feel 
fucking uncomfortable as hell to stay where you're at. And this is the part that nobody teaches you. I've been through this with relationship stuff, with sex, with body image. And, and you know, it, it has been over the last few years that I've really, really delved into it within, like, the stuff that's affected my business and finances. Nobody explains that there is a moment where the subconscious actually does perceive how un fucking comfortable it is to exist in the same patterns and beliefs that you've been holding because you know you've shined a light on them you've shined a light on why they exist and why it's harming you and it feels fucking uncomfortable but it's also still terrifying to step into the new so how do we deal with that well I'm going to tell you what I'm doing and, and what I do one you do have to titrate a little bit. And what that means is you have to build up just little bits of window of tolerance for handling doing the thing that you know you want to do, right? Creating the new belief, creating the new pattern, whatever, and the actions that come with that. You have to do it in little small bits. But you also have to find a belief to start to, to you know, hang on to, start to build within your mind and your subconscious mind that is like a step above or a step in between where you want to be and where you've been. So that's probably like, if you're listening to this, it's like, that's probably not going to be like, oh, my own self-approval is all I need in this world. That's not going to be it right away. We're going to get there. Because we can't. That's not where it is for me. For me, where it is, is it's safe for me to question needing approval from others. That's it. That is all I'm focused on at this point. It is safe for me to question needing approval from others. Because if I do that, what it allows me to do is pause anytime I catch myself going into the same behaviors, the same patterns that I always have to get this approval, right? Then we're going to get to it. I get to approve of myself, right? But I can't go there first. And this is the same thing I do with my clients. We cannot go to the belief the, the opposite side belief first because it's going to feel so wildly um, against where you've been that your nervous system is going to collapse. And this is the thing I see with a lot of my clients where they've gone to therapy for a long time. They've worked with somebody that's not really trained in trauma very well. And they try to push them into, into a new belief system right away um, just by talking about the thing, I'm like, no, you got to get the body and the mind and the soul all on board with it and start edging into the thing a little bit at a time. If you don't, you will literally blow somebody's nervous system out. Um, that's just how that works, right? So that's what I've been doing is just edging into that a little bit. I personally use tapping a lot. And I use also a lot of sensory motor work where I will like feel what it feels like in my body when I am trying to seek the approval of others, like when I'm doing those behaviors 
in the way that is seeking the approval for others. And then, you know, I will figure out like, okay, how does my body react to that? Like, how do I physically hold myself? How do I position my body? What tensions do I notice in that? All right, can I like pull that back a little bit? What does that feel like? And then that way throughout my day, I can be like, oh, I notice I'm holding my body like this. That means I'm going into that. And let me pull that back a little bit. Let me edge that out. There's several other things that I do just depending on what I need because I I definitely have to kind of gauge where I'm at on the anxiety end to notice what I need. But doing things like that and then sandwiching in lots of nervous system regulation. So like I will do little breaks where like it feels really overwhelming because it feels like I'm trying to take on all of these things, trying to hold all of these beliefs and stuff. And it's really fucking hard for my nervous system. So what I will do then is figure out some activity in between work and and before I do the things that really trigger the responses in me, I will go through and be like, all right, what do I need to do to, to not freak out right now and and collapse? What what would that thing be, right? And then I will do that thing. That's really all it comes down to. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I do the same fucking thing. And it may not be for your business, but you recognize that you, you know, you have a very similar issue of needing the approval and how that's affecting your life. I'm sending you the biggest hug because I know how hard this is. Again, I've I've dealt with this in other areas of my life. I'm just working on it with this particular area and these particular issues now. And that's that's also something I really want you to normalize. Like, even if you're like, I've dealt with this fucking need for approval my whole goddamn life. Why is this still an issue for me? Because it is, right? took you a lifetime to build up this shit okay (laughs) it took you a lifetime and it's gonna take you another lifetime um to to really like get better at dealing with this we learned so much in childhood and our formative years like it makes perfect sense that we have these moments where we're like fuck I am struggling with the same goddamn thing again, but in a different way. And that's the key. It's in a different way. It's either in a different area of your life, it's, or it is in the same area. But again, you've had a little bit of growth. And now because of that growth, like a new situation or thing has, has come up for you, right? You've hit a new edge and now you have to deal with how how it's affecting you now the the key is though you get to this place where you understand it you see it coming and you can work with it a little bit better and a little less just self-destructively a little less sabotage if you will um because that's where I'm at with it right like I'm not burning my business to the ground I'm not nothing is collapsing right I literally just had a therapy session yesterday and I'm not on the ground um crying and like fuck this business 
um, let it all burn and die and I'm not going to promote anything ever again, right? I'm, I'm literally recording a podcast talking about what I've been working on. Um, so it's, it's not as if everything is going to collapse on you and you're going to just completely shit the bed every time. It means that, yes, it's going to keep coming up in little ways, in unexpected ways, but you're going to get better at it. Every time you're going to get better at it, you're going to have the tools to work through it. And it's going to get easier. It will. I hope that this helps. And if it does, please let me know. Leave a comment, right? Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're um, leaving me a review to let me know how this all works for you, how you feel about everything. And then also share this with somebody that you think could need it. And if you're also like, yeah, I feel like I really need some help. I need some tools to deal with this. I have you, okay? I have an entire self-guided program to help you do this. I also have something else coming up. So like I said, go sign up for the newsletter. I have something coming to help because that's what I do. That's what I love to do. And from a genuine place because I, it is what gives me joy and satisfaction in this world to see other people not struggling or struggling less than I did, right? For a shorter period of time, hopefully, prayerfully, right? Um, I, again, I hope this helps. I hope this resonates with you. And if it does, let me know. I, I want to hear all of the things.